Welcome to the VoiceMe podcast, information and advice on the world of voiceover presented by voiceme.co.za, the South African search directory for voice artists and related services. I'm Andrew Sutherland, founder of VoiceMe, and in this episode, I'm talking about VO rates. From the South African rates guidelines for various categories of VO work, how to set your own rates, to tips for quoting clients. And I'll do some myth busting at the same time. VO rates and what to charge is by far the most common question I get asked about by artists, as well as clients who are asking to get an idea of what they'll be expected to pay for voiceover. It's one of the most heavily debated and conflicting topics in VO communities worldwide, and for good reason. Worldwide, voice actors are considered freelancers or independent contractors, and therefore the industry is unregulated. Firstly, let's dispel a major myth, and that is, there are industry standard rates for VO. This is only partially true, and by that I mean that in some countries that allow actors and voice artists to unionize, like in the USA through SAG-AFTRA, or in the UK through Equity, they have standard minimum rates that those union members have to stick to, and it all has to do with the payment status of a project. A union production follows the guidelines of any contracts for actors, musicians, technical staff, etc. There are specifics about what type of work can be done, for how long, and how much they'll be paid. The union rates, also called scale, is the minimum amount someone will be paid under a union contract. An A-list star would receive many, many times greater rate than scale. But once anyone joins a union, you are guaranteed scale minimum rates. A portion of the budget goes to health and welfare, which is similar to the insurance or pension you might receive as a full-time employee. If the artist is represented, there's also a portion which goes to any talent agent or booking agent commissions. There are also limits on how the work is reused. For example, actors will receive residual usage payments for animation shows that are broadcast multiple times. A non-union production negotiates all rates and usage for each project. They will use only non-union talent. That could mean that the rates are lower, or that reuse of recordings is not paid for, or that working conditions are less optimal. But it allows actors, musicians, and tech people the ability to work on a project before they join a union. It also enables smaller companies to afford quality trained actors who might not command rates on a multiple of union scale. Union members may also not take on non-union jobs, which pretty much the rest of the world is considered to be. Here in South Africa, we fall squarely into that boat. So just like most of the VO world, we are considered non-union, even if you are represented by a local talent agent. We work in an unregulated market where anything goes. So why does the term industry standard rates keep getting thrown around in social media groups and in discussions? Well, that's because for a long time, talent agents, for the most part, were the only way clients could book artists. And those agents set the rates they charged to fairly compensate the artists they represented and still do today. And that was and is a good thing. Because of this, clients and the broader media industry adopted those rates as standard. But the truth is, there is no such thing at all. 
It's a catch-all term that really means these are what industry professionals that represent talent have agreed are fair market rate guidelines. But even they don't have to stick to them. The rate cards that exist that are industry standard are simply that, a guideline. But what does fair market rate even mean? A fair market value is the price an asset would sell for on the open market, in this case your voice recording, when certain conditions are met. The conditions are, the parties involved are aware of all the facts, are acting in their own interest, are free of any pressure to buy or sell, and have ample time to make the decision. The South African Commercial Rates Guide states the following on its very first page. Please note that the minimum rates as set out herein are to serve as a guideline only and does not serve the purpose of setting a minimum rate that must be adhered to. It remains the responsibility of the contracting parties to negotiate and agree to fees acceptable to all contracting parties on a case-to-case -case basis. If that sounds similar to the fair market rate definition, it's because it is. So what does that mean to you as an artist? Simply, as a freelancer or independent contractor, you can choose to charge whatever you like for whatever service you provide. You do not have to stick to any specific rate at all. You have the right to run your business as you see fit, charge what you like, and no one is going to stop you. Clients are also allowed to offer whatever they like as a budget for their project, but you always have the option to negotiate until you both agree. However, I do advise that you do align what you charge for voice services to the SA Commercial Rate Guidelines so that you aren't taken advantage of by those that are booking you, and so that you are actually compensated for your work at these fair market rates that have been calculated by our agents. So how can you calculate and determine a fair rate? Now, I'm not going to mention specific values or anything because at the end of the day, that's totally up to you, but I will go over some general formulas and best practices for you to use in the four most common VO categories, commercials, narration, e-learning, and audiobooks. There's a lot more than just these, each with their own calculations, but if you can master these four, the rest will fall into place much easier as they borrow from the basic formula of the four major categories. And these methods are how we do things in South Africa, by the way. For those listening outside the country, it might be slightly different. I do need to put a disclaimer in here though as well. Although I know how the rate cards work very well, the information and formulas I speak about may differ depending on how certain agents work out their own rates. I'm just trying to simplify everything I know into understandable terms that anyone can understand. So let's start off with one of the easiest, and it's only easy because it's a simpler calculation for the most part, commercials. We break the rate down into two parts, a performance fee and a usage fee. The first part is the performance fee. This is what you charge to physically do the work or perform it. It's a nominal once-off fee that compensates artists for the time they spend recording a script, and it's payable whether or not the client ends up using the recording or not. Outside of SA, this is sometimes referred to as a basic session fee or BSF. It's the amount agreed upon to record a script without any usage or residuals attached. It's charged per script, and those scripts are usually not longer than 60 seconds, but it can also go up to two minutes. The second part 
is the usage fee. Here things get a little more complex. Clients sometimes seem surprised by the idea of a usage fee for a voiceover, but the concept behind usage fees is something you're likely quite familiar with. It's just that you might not have associated with voiceover work. Most people know that you can't download a piece of music and use it on a video, or copy a photograph to use on your website, or use film footage for whatever you like. We have to license these things because the rights belong to the performers or creators. It's a totally accepted part of our industry. And you won't be able to unhear this next part. Usage fees, also known as licensing fees or buyout rates, can be a legal requirement for very can be a legal requirement for many voiceover jobs. Usage fees are what is paid to an artist to license the recording for a specific medium and time period. That, in simple terms, is what usage fees are for voice artists. Performing and recording the script is one thing, but being able to use that recording commercially is another. For commercials in South Africa, those time periods are 1, 3, 6, or 12 months. Longer usage periods are usually calculated in years after that unless a more specific time frame is needed. The mediums in commercials cover a lot of different media too. Broadcast TV and radio, online ads for social media or client websites, in-store TV or public location, podcasts, cinema, as well as direct marketing like emailers that have videos or audio attached. And all of them have a different rate because the medium they're being used in don't reach the same number of eyeballs or ear holes. Let's use an example of a simple TV ad job. There's three scripts and the client has booked television airtime to use it for six months. In this case, you'd charge three performance fees and three six-month TV usage fees. But what if the client decides to put that ad on their website and social media pages for the same period as the TV version? Not a problem. They just need to pay the usage or license fee for that medium as well. So you add three six-month social media fees and three six-month client website fees. This can also be combined into a budget-friendlier combo rate for both client site and social media. You don't charge a performance fee again as the work has already been done. The client is simply licensing additional mediums for the exposure of your voice to the public. So after six months, what happens? The TV ad ends its run, but let's say the client wants to keep one of the three ads running on social media for another three months. This is where residual or renewal usage comes in. Once again, you don't charge performance fees again, but you do charge a three-month social media usage fee for that one spot to keep on going. The same formula works for all commercial mediums, performance plus usage per medium. I must also mention, in case it's not obvious, that usage periods are always consecutive, whether it's the initial usage period or a renewal period, meaning that a client that wants six months usage has six consecutive months from the first day it's used or posted to use that recording. They can't break it up and use it for one month, then skip a month, use it for another month and so on six times over a year. If that's the intention, they need to take a 12-month usage instead. Let's talk about narration next. This is a little more complex than commercials, but the formula is still similar. Narration is basically anything that isn't a short-form commercial. 
Generally, narration jobs are more than 60 seconds long. If they're shorter than this, just be aware as they might be better defined as commercials and then not fall under the narration category. Narration can be split into two major segments, commercial and non-commercial. Commercial narration has commercial content or intent. In other words, the script and your voice promotes, markets, or sells a product or service. An example of this is a video that is used in presentations to get investors to buy into a client's business, or an online video about a new car with the intended purpose to get people to buy it. Most of the time, commercial narration projects are used by clients to show people outside of their business or employment what it is they do or sell. The projects are visible in public or can be seen by someone who is not employed by the client. Non-commercial narration is the opposite. In other words, the script and your voice does not promote, market, or sell a product or service. An example here would be a safety video that your client shows to their staff on how to properly use PPE, or an explainer video that teaches someone how to use a particular piece of software. It can be public, but it can't be selling or promoting anything. That video would be to educate how to use a piece of software, not promote the sale of that software. The biggest difference between these two major segments rates-wise is that commercial narration has limited usage periods one, three, six, or 12 months, just like short-form commercials. And non-commercial narration is usually a once-off, but slightly higher fee depending on where it's used. The formula, once again, is performance fee or recording fee, plus a usage fee for the mediums needed by the client. For narration, the performance fee is based on the duration of the recording, either as a word count or in blocks of five minutes as these types of recordings could be anything from a minute to multiple hours in length. There's an initial fee for the first five minutes and then a lower fee for each block of five minutes thereafter. This fee is charged for each individual script and is payable whether the client uses the recording or not. The longer the script, the higher the recording fee. Now there are instances where there are multiple scripts, but it's all being used together in a single presentation and none are used on their own. This could be because the client is using a different voice for each section or has simply laid out the flow of the project in a more segmented way. In these cases, there would be a recording fee for the whole set rather than each individual segment. Personally, I prefer to calculate narration jobs by word count on a sliding scale as it makes it very easy to quote and means there's no hidden costs if a recording ends up longer because of the pace I'm directed to read at. If your script is 750 words, you'll pay for 750 words. If it's 6,312 words, you'll pay for 6,312 words, not a whole bunch of five-minute blocks. This way, if a 750-word script, which is roughly five minutes, ends up longer than five minutes because the client directed me to speak very slowly, my rate doesn't need to be recalculated. For someone who charges in five minute increments, their fee would increase to accommodate the additional recorded time of the final voiceover, and they would charge two five minute blocks for a script of up to 10 minutes, even though the recording may only be six in the end. Just like commercials, a usage or license fee is then added depending on the medium it's being used for. 
only this fee is usually calculated as a percentage of the recording fee. Usage for mediums such as phone systems or IVR, purely internal usage like staff training videos, research or staff events for staff only, are usually covered by the recording fee itself and no extra fees are added. But for mediums like marketing to clients or reps, presentations, once-off events or live shows in public, internet, social media, TV shows or documentaries, dubbing, gaming or apps, additional fees are added to compensate for the exposure of your voice to the general public. The next major category is e-learning and this somewhat falls under narration but because of the nature of how e-learning material is used and sold to the public, it has its own calculation. Generally, e-learning projects have just one fee, which by default covers unlimited usage. On our South African guidelines, there's two options. For projects under 10,000 words, roughly one hour, it's costed in five minute blocks. An initial higher fee for the first five minutes and then a lower fee for each additional five minutes thereafter. For projects over 10,000 words, it's calculated at a per word rate. Why there are two methods is kind of odd for me, but personally, I use the word count option here as well, just like in narration jobs, because it makes things a whole lot easier to calculate. The last major category is audiobooks. Here, the generally accepted method around the world is a per finished hour calculation, or PFH, and unfortunately, this is a category of voice that pays the lowest rates for the time you'll spend on it, which is going to be a lot of hours. Audiobooks can be anything from a short 15 to 20 minute kid story to an epic 25 hour long fiction story or non-fiction self-help book. The rate covers your voice performance and usage fees, time in studio, cleanup, editing, mastering, and delivery of final audio to your client. So you can either record and edit the entire thing yourself to keep the full amount, or you can hire an editor to clean up and finalize those files for you, bearing in mind that it's gonna take you two to three hours to record an hour of book, and it'll take the same to edit and master it. So most of the time, at least half of what you charge is going to be for editing time. For example, say a book has 90,000 words. This will end up approximately around 10 hours all edited and mastered. If you spend two to three hours in booth and another two to three hours editing it, you'll have about an hour of book completed. To finish 10 hours of book, you'll spend around 40 to 60 hours on this project. The going rate for audiobooks around the world is $200 to $500 per finished hour, or about 6,400 Rand on average at the time of this podcast. So this will get you 64,000 Rand in total or around 1,100 to 1,600 Rand per hour for your 40 to 60 hours of time spent working on it. Audiobooks are labor and voice intensive, but are loads of fun. Despite them being less profitable than say commercials, which could end up paying two and a half to 10,000 Rand a script for a half hour of work, they are worthwhile looking into as thousands of authors are publishing titles every day and audiobooks as a global industry is one of the fastest growing categories and is expected to be valued at $35 billion by 2030, with a compound annual growth rate of almost 27%. That is a massive pie, and I for one would be very keen on getting in on it sooner rather than later. 
The other thing I want to touch on quickly is usage fees for outside of South Africa. When a recording is used in other markets or territories, its fair market worth is different. And this can somewhat be determined based on population size, but there are many factors that go into it other than that. A radio ad in South Africa has the potential to reach roughly 61 million people, whereas in the USA, that's almost 335 million, more than five times the ear holes. So the rate you charge wouldn't be the same for South Africa versus the US. I've created an international market percentage multiplier for my own rate card that helps me determine fair market rates for international markets. And this was based off the SA guidelines for international market usage. Some countries' usage fees are much lower than South Africa, especially in most parts of Africa, and some are much higher, like in Europe and the US. But you can also get rates that cover entire regions, like the whole of Africa, or the whole of Sub-Saharan Africa, or the whole of Asia, for example. These rates are obviously much higher and compensate you fairly for the exposure used in those massive regions. Another question I get asked is, should I have my own rate card? My answer is, it depends. If you have an agent, then no, you don't need your own rate card. Direct your clients to your agent and let them handle all the negotiating and fees on your behalf. It's what they're there for after all. But that doesn't mean you can't have one for work that you do source for yourself. Think about what kind of voice categories and clients you are marketing to. You don't necessarily need a rate card that covers absolutely every possible category, just the ones you need. Having this crib sheet will help you quickly quote on projects. Remember, setting your own rates that you are happy with is totally fine. You don't need to copy the essay guidelines rate for rate. Use it for what it is, a guide. My own rate card is just one A4 page. On it, I can quickly see all the sliding scale rates for my narration and e-learning word counts, rates for commercials, as well as audiobooks. I've simplified it down to only what I need to see. A table of word counts, categories, audiobooks, narration, commercials, usage areas, and the international market multiplier percentages. Quoting accurately is really easy when provided the right information. All I need from my clients is the answer to seven simple things to get it right first time. Number one, category. First, I need to know what we're doing. Is it a commercial, a promo, e-learning project, explainer video for web, a corporate piece, a documentary, an audiobook, IVR for a phone system, a game? VO rates vary a lot based on the category. So knowing what the client is intending to use the voiceover for makes a big difference. The project could also fall under multiple categories, of course. Number two, number of scripts and the length. How many scripts are there? Any cut downs or tag endings? When possible, having a copy of the final script or scripts is the easiest way to provide an accurate quote. A word count is the next best option, especially on long form narrations. Number three, usage area or the medium. Is the recording for broadcast? If so, where? Radio or TV? Will it be broadcast locally only? Or countrywide or even internationally? Which markets? Which countries? Is it for social media, internal use, presentations, marketing emailers? Basically, I need to know exactly where the final recording will be used 
so that a fair rate can be quoted. Number four, usage, duration, or cycle. Does the client need to use the VO in a commercial on a one, three, six, or 12 month cycle? Will it be online for six months? Do they need it on their website forever? Is it for a once-off event? Often, longer usage cycles means it'll cost them much less per month than shorter ones. Number five, budget. Is there a budget already? A set budget that can't be altered or are they open to negotiate? Are they unsure of the rates for a professional voiceover? I will always try and work within a budget if the client has a fair working one in mind. Number six, deadline. Do they need the recording today, end of the week, by a specific date? I can often get short scripts and commercials done within a matter of hours, but clients can't expect a three hour long e-learning script within that same time frame. Booking in advance with plenty of time to allow for reverts is always a good idea. So I always ask about the deadline so I can be the hero to my clients and get them what they need long before that deadline hits. Number seven, home studio or not, or live directed session or not. Some artists are able to turn around recordings quickly from their home studios, but not all artists have one or are able to be directed live at home. In South Africa, we are experiencing more and more load shedding and most homes are not equipped with backup power. It's often more effective to book them at pro recording studios where the environment and equipment is ready to go, even if the power is out. Luckily, because I own my own studio, this hasn't ever been a problem for me. But as a side note, if any voice artist listening needs to record in studio and is paying for their own studio time themselves out of their own voice fees, I do drop my regular rate by 25% and am more than willing to help you out by recording here at Big Mouth Studios. If you can get answers to these seven questions, putting together a quote for your client will be simple and will make you seem even more professional. You can also find these seven essentials on the VoiceMe blog at blog.voiceme.co.za. I realize this has all been a lot to take in, but to end off, I'll try answer another common question. How do I set VO rates? There's no easy way to answer this. The short answer is it doesn't matter what you charge. As long as you feel you are earning enough for your time working on that project, that's how a free market works. The longer answer is that it does matter. I would encourage us all as a community to charge appropriate rates that are roughly the same or at least in a similar range. This way, clients will be conditioned to pay fair market rates and the budgets offered for VO work will reflect that. Use the SA rates guideline or for international guides, the GVAA rate guide or gravy for the brain rate guide to determine some basic rates for yourself, but also be open to negotiation. A small local business won't have the same budget for voice as a multinational corporate client will. Conversely, an artist with decades of experience and a huge portfolio of work would be likely to be able to negotiate more favorable rates than a newcomer with some basic coaching and training and their first demo reel. At the very least, have a go-to rate for the four majors and their most common usage areas. Commercials, radio, TV, cinema, internet, direct marketing and public location. Narration, phone systems, 
internal and marketing videos, live events and TV shows, e-learning and audiobooks. Always have it on hand so that when a client calls, you can immediately give them a costing and expand it with the other usage areas when needed. It'll also help when a client contacts you and has a budget in mind. You can easily compare what they're offering versus what it can buy them. Sometimes you may be lucky and the budget is above what you usually charge. What a win and an opportunity to build a healthy relationship with that client. If the difference is way off, it's an opening for negotiation and educating the client on why you charge what you do. Explain that there's a fee for performance and your time and then a usage fee for licensing the recording. Using the term license fee rather than usage fee often helps them understand. Some clients are simply unaware of how VO fees work and often think that because they've paid for it, they now own it. They don't. You as the performer own the rights to your voice. The clients are really only renting the recording for a limited period to use for their benefit. You can even compare it to renting a car. You don't own the car, you just pay the rental agency to use it to get around for a while. Same with VO. The client pays a rental fee or a license fee to use your voice for a short period of time. And that's all for this week's episode. If you need help with rates or quoting for a job, book a free consultation with me using the link calendly.com forward slash bigmouthstudios. I'll put this in the show notes. Please also be prepared for this consult. Ask your client the seven questions and get as much info as possible. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me and my support team at support at voiceme.co.za. Leave a comment here or give me a call on 0861 VoiceMe. That's 0861 864 2363 if you're in South Africa. And to sign up for a VoiceMe profile, register from the homepage at voiceme.co.za. I strongly believe a constructive social environment for our users, whether they be artists, clients, producers, or talent agents, is highly beneficial for our industry. Like, follow, and engage with VoiceMe and each other on at VoiceMeSA on all social networks. If you like this episode, please like, share, subscribe, turn on automatic downloads, or click the bell icon to get notified so you don't miss our next one. I'm Andrew Sutherland, and that's it from me here at VoiceMe for this week. Cheers for now.